Welcome to the 29th episode of the Struggling Scientist podcast. We are a podcast by scientists, for scientists, anyone science adjacent, and perhaps even hobbyists. My name is Zanna, and I'm here with my co-host, Jaron. Hi. Today, we're going to introduce a new category to our podcast, namely the Career Talks. And this is a collaboration between the Struggling Scientist podcast and the Alumni Green Biomedical Sciences of the University of Amsterdam. And in these episodes, we're going to talk with people who have a career in the biomedical or a related science field about their career paths and how they got to where they are now. In this first episode, we'll talk to the two founders of a company in the bioinformatics field, namely Big Omics, and what it's like to start your own company. So let's start. First, a big welcome to the two guests of our episode, the CTO Ivo Kwee and CEO Muratson Akmidov. Did I say that correctly? <laughs> yes? yes? Yes. Okay, good. Thank you, Suzanne. Thank you, Jaron, to be here. Glad to be here. Hello. Hello, both. Thanks for having us here. Yes, it's very nice to have you here. Um, we always let our guests uh, introduce themselves. So our first question to you is, before we get into any of the details, what would you like our listeners to know about you? Who are you? Any fun hobbies? Yeah, Ivo. No, Murat, you. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, uh, I'm Murat. Uh, I'm officially, uh, or I'm uh, originally uh, from Kyrgyzstan. Then I moved to Turkey and I end up being here in Switzerland. Uh, it's a nice place to live. Uh, and regarding my hobbies, uh, I, I like table tennis and as well as soccer. Oh, nice. But I cannot say I have a lot of time, actually, recent days <laughs> to play them, all of them. Um, hi, I'm uh, Ivo Kui. Actually, I was born in Indonesia, but I grew up in, uh, in Holland um, most of my time. And I've been in, uh, studying in Japan and then London. And then I, for my postdoc, I came here to Switzerland. I've been here already like 20 years now, over 20 years. My hobbies, I'm, I really like doing photography. Oh, also a fun hobby. So that's very interesting. Um, so both of you actually started out in academia. Can you tell us a bit about your academic career? What was it like and where did you do your studies? That some of you already kind of hinted at that, but maybe more details. Yeah, you, you want to start? Um, yeah, so uh, I've studied uh, physics in Holland at the uh, Delft University. Mm -hmm. Uh, after that, I, um, I was intrigued by uh, Japan and I went to, to do a master's there. And um, so I, I studied physics, by the way. Um, um, I, I did after Japan four years. I, well, I, I studied two years master and then uh, I was a kind of um, a fellowship, research fellowship in uh, Scuba. Then I moved to London for my PhD in medical physics. And after that, I found a uh, postdoc here in, in Switzerland in machine learning. Um, initially, that I did that. And uh, after four years, um, th there was a, a possibility to work in bioinformatics because a local cancer institute needed some uh, data scientists. So I, that was 2004, and I, I switched into this medical field of bioinformatics. And ever since, uh, until, yeah. A few years ago, we started the startup. It's still bioinformatics stuff, yeah. Okay, interesting. That's quite a switch indeed. Yeah, so I've been really long in academia, right? Mm -hmm. Like six, eight years studying and then 20 years still <laughs> in an academic institute. So, yeah. 
Nice. And you, Murat? Yeah, from my end, uh, I did my high school in my home country, uh, Kyrgyzstan. Then I moved to Istanbul for my bachelor. I did it in industrial engineering. I also did double major in uh, business administration. Then continued my master's uh, still in industrial engineering in, in Istanbul. During my master's, I encountered the problem of uh, protein structure prediction. We were still using optimization. And that time, uh, bioinformatics and computational analysis in, in healthcare really uh, became interesting for me. And I wanted to continue uh, in bioinformatics where I uh, found a position in, in multiple places in Europe, uh, including France, uh, 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 Warsaw, uh, as well as Switzerland. Uh, but by the way, Ivo is my co-supervisor, PhD co one of co-supervisors. Uh, and uh, it was really interesting project. Very briefly about the, the project, uh, we formulated biological problem using and networks, uh, graphs, and applied graph algorithms to solve uh, or to identify a, a meaningful a portion of this large network, which corresponds to a, a biological process in a specific disease. And uh, I also had a chance uh, to visit uh, Frankel Lab at MIT uh, to really apply these uh, uh, developed methods with uh, real data. And then uh, after coming back from MIT here, we, uh, yeah, with Evo, we, we decided to start a startup. Nice. Well, it's really nice to meet you. And it's also really interesting to hear that you met as a PhD and it's supervisor. That's uh, really funny, actually. Um, so you're here today, to, of course, to talk about how you founded your company, Big Omics. Can you first tell a little bit about what your company is all about and what made you decide to work together for this startup? Yeah, I, I let Ivo start. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bigomics is essentially um, trying to empower biologists to do their data analysis by themselves. Um, so we make a software for biologists to really um, understand and visualize their data without programming um, um, by themselves, um, because we think that's a big um, bottleneck nowadays. Uh, we uh, biology has been revolutionized by big data and, and this big data is available but not really um, the big analysis what we uh, what we see is the actual bottleneck now and this bottleneck is at at the biologists that uh, at the end user uh, where they really want to see their own data and analyze it uh, so the tools nowadays are more geared toward bioinformatician data scientists but uh, the biologists really need a a very easy, um, clickable, um, visual platform. And that's our mission and, and goal. Yeah. And then about how we start working together on this startup, actually, uh, I, we were, I was really lucky to have a co-founder uh, like Ivo, since we know each other a long time, especially uh, also during PC times, yeah, and uh, we were working with biologists uh, closely. And as you said, the amount of data growth in, in biology, in, in medicine is tremendous at the moment. And we see this bottleneck, how biologists are struggling. And uh, we decided to, for ourselves, have a platform just to help ourselves. And then it, start, it uh, worked nicely for our lab. And then eventually we decided to make it even larger. 
Ah, okay. Interesting. So you made it first just for the department or the lab and then... Uh, ah. Okay. Well, that sounds really interesting. Uh, I actually already recommended your website to one of my colleagues who wanted to do uh, her own analysis. So we'll see what comes out of that. Um, what was the journey like starting Big Almost? Did you know what it would take to start a company or was it more something that you had to figure out along the way or how does it work? Well, yeah. Uh, I think a little bit story was uh, I had no idea about building companies or building startups or even like what is it about working at startup uh, for me it really started when after visiting mit where i see this uh, uh entrepreneurship uh, mindset as well as scientific and financial supports joined together that was a little bit for me uh the, the turning point wow it's possible to combine all this and still do what you like and also help people in many aspects. And especially for our case, healthcare, eventually helping uh, understanding diseases and helping uh, to cure eventually complex diseases. That's something really interesting. And then, uh, so the idea started uh, uh, at MIT uh, or the passion at it itself to initiate startup. When uh, I came back here, uh, Ivo, uh, was also uh, about yeah. you know yeah when I came back here I had this, all these stories oh they they made a startup with my algorithm or using algorithm and and yeah that was also for me the, uh, a time to to reflect um, because yeah after a very long time academia um, I found a little bit that uh, it's a red race to get grants and to publish papers. And um, and that this, that's becoming hard, more hard, yeah, harder every day because there are so many um, people studying and uh, um, so yeah, reflecting that I mean instead of writing papers, um, publishing papers, to do something really, let's say give back something to the um, society. I think yeah, I really wanted to make a product maybe right. Mm -hmm. um, instead of uh, the great ideas shouldn't end in a paper they should end up in a product and uh, one of the ways is then to to build a startup uh, so yeah we, we had the idea we had the passion of uh, the energy to do it uh, it was at the right time right um, murad was end end of his phd also looking for something else uh, so everything came a bit together and then we thought okay let's uh, Try it out. Let's, yeah, let's and try it out. We are very excited to be able to introduce you to our new sponsor, Jenny AI. Not only does Jenny make our podcast possible, it also makes our life as scientists so much easier. Jenny is an all-in-one writing assistant that has everything that we have been missing in other AI tools. Yes, first off, unlike other AI tools, it actually finds accurate information in papers and cites its sources. It does not make things up and only uses real verified information that you can then also check the source of. Second, it's a writing assistant trained for academic papers and helps you write your paper by suggesting the next sentence or the end of your sentence. Or, if you get really stuck, you can ask it to write an entire paragraph, completely removing the writer's block I so often struggle with when I don't know the right words to make my point. It helped me write an introduction to a paper I've been struggling with in half an hour. It even suggests which papers to cite. You can add your own library or search the entire internet for papers. 
Just type the add symbol to easily add a reference and it gets automatically added to the reference list. And the last thing we absolutely love is that it has an AI chatbot that can see your document and give feedback on how to improve your manuscript. Or you can ask it questions, such as what are the potential therapeutic benefits of dot dot dot, and it will search through the papers for you for the answer. I can only say that my stress level has gone down significantly since I started using Jenny. Check out the free version now at thestrugglingscientist.com slash Jenny. And if you love it, use the code SCIENCE20 for a 20% discount. I can yeah. imagine, though, that starting a company, you also need funding. Is that is that just as difficult as in academia <laughs> or is it even more difficult? Uh, how does that work? Well, uh, it is challenging. Of course, uh, it's one of the, let's say, the first challenges you have to uh, overcome. But I would have to mention that not all startups need fundraising. There are some uh, also doing bootstrapping, which means like creating a, a, a minimum viable product uh, that solves the need and then try to generate revenue and uh, uh, gradually growing by their own revenue. Not all startups have to do fundraising. But then we wanted to uh, do fundraising uh, and build a team. Uh, our, let's say, then uh, the idea is actually hopefully to grow faster. Uh, but we also have to say we had a bootstrapping time, actually, about two years where we worked half time uh, for two years to generate this, uh, to obtain this minimum viable product. But fundraising is, is still uh, very challenging. Uh, to do fundraising, a startup has to have uh, at least three main points. They also call it like 3T, target market, traction, and team. Uh, regarding target market, it, for us, it was uh, huge because data, as, as we mentioned, data is growing exponentially. And at the moment, these new genomics technologies are in mainly healthcare, but they're also entering into agriculture and food, food tech, where those two are also really big uh, market. And remaining the traction, we initially validated our platforms uh, with more than 50 projects in Immunological uh, Institute uh, here in Switzerland. Uh, and uh, at the beginning of uh, 2020, we had a chance to make it available for public where more than 6,000 people access those platforms. And that was actually a tipping point uh, from the traction perspective. And from team, as a team, we had uh, also I combined more than 40 years experience. We were lucky we have been uh, working in this field and those points were uh, very uh, important in terms of closing our funding. I was actually wondering because uh, since you're a very specific bioinformatics company, did you know beforehand what kind of investors or funding agencies you needed to um, go to to try and get funding or did you have to try out a lot of different ones? Yeah, especially being bioinformatics, in the intersection of computer science, biology, and mm -hmm. data science, it's it's a challenging, uh, uh, let's say, intersection to convince investors because you have, uh, on one hand, uh, SaaS-related, let's say, background with investors who sometimes cannot appreciate the biological problem that you're solving. And on the other hand, you have investors, biotech-oriented, but they don't know about software. Mm -hmm. So uh, we had a, a, a uh, let's say that the challenging phase in the beginning, but then we were really lucky uh, to figure out uh, also the investors in this intersection. A little bit story 
we started locally actually uh, outreaching to uh, investors we were lucky that we still in lugano even it's small but we had the uh, the, the vcs working in biotech in high tech where we closed our first uh, seed funding uh, from local uh, investors and then eventually uh, with the, the network uh, and also with some accelerators uh, we outreached the uh, international level investors yeah you also mentioned in our short previous talk when we met that something about incubators and accelerators can you explain a bit how this works since we don't know anything <laughs> about starting a company that would be really interesting yeah this is well starting a company i think uh, is like growing a baby i mean so so also yeah the incubator and accelerator are let's say the incubator is um yeah growing the baby um and the accelerator uh, or making the baby and then the accelerator is really growing the child right you have to see that like that so as as you told before or, or as we told before we, we really didn't know anything about making a business after academia mm -hmm. so these incubators are really training you um into the um to yeah to have your own startup so the incubator is more like how do you go from idea to a minimal valuable product uh, or for the uh, the first seed investment so uh, you have to you have to have an idea and then you have to make a prototype you have to make uh, a whole uh, market analysis like uh, what is your target market mm -hmm. what are your strengths what are your what is your product filling so in the end you end up with a business plan i think um, ours was like 50 pages and and a pitch pitch a five minute pitch strong pitch um, in front of the investors so we did this at incubator and it is mostly within the university so here um, and then we were accepted in the american accelerator uh, alchemist um, and that is one step further. So after the incubation, um, you, you kind of have the idea and everything, but you don't really have practical experience, right? So the accelerator teaches you how to talk to um, um, potential clients, how to talk to investors, how to make your uh, financial predictions maybe uh, better, um, all these very practical um, uh, things. And then the end of the accelerator program, which is six months, um, you will pitch your um, startup in front of, yeah, we, we did it to like 800 investors uh, remotely. But, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice that something like that exists. Yeah, and it's very necessary, right? For, for definitely academic. Otherwise, you definitely don't know where to begin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that one was actually a kind of a, uh, a course or, or school how to improve or build or improve startups especially alchems really helped us in terms of improving our visibility uh improving networking especially in in front of uh, investors and uh, also following up with customers or even detailed like email templates and uh, also documents from legal perspectives uh, were provided oh nice I actually was wondering because you sort of mentioned uh, earlier about uh, needing to generate a prototype to show the investors. So well, could you sort of go into more detail how the prototype looked to investors? How did you demonstrate that, uh, your software to, to the investors in this case? Yeah, so it's very important to have a prototype. Uh, just an idea nowadays is not enough. Um, 
they really want to see a prototype. So we build our prototype, as we said, in, in, in the bootstrapping period. And mm. uh, what is important with prototype is don't overdo it, right? Uh, so they call it, uh, especially the minimum viable product, something that works um, to show the potential. Um, and otherwise, you you the problem is that if, if you go beyond that, it will just take forever, mm. right? So at certain time, you have to say, okay, this is the minimum product, I think, and then you have to test it, right? Mm. Um, test it on on end users and see what they think about it. Is it fulfilling their need? Is it, so um, yeah, you, you shouldn't postpone it much, right? So mm. it needs to be a minimal and, and tested. Um, and then the investors will see, oh yeah, uh, this is a product that uh, is marketable and uh, yeah. Nice. So maybe uh, going to a slightly uh, different topic now so obviously you guys have been doing this for uh, a bit a bit now doing your uh, working on your startup and i guess quite a bit of it has changed over the last couple of months years uh, since you're growing so fast so what does a typical day look like for you now that uh, you're working on your startups yeah in startup world uh i think the things can get uh complex and challenging very fast and uh, most of the things we're doing for the first time, so you don't know which is the right way. Uh, especially the, the, the startup itself is something really new, uh, something that you want to revolutionize. So it's, it's really, you might read some uh, tricks, tips from the internet, but then uh, most of the cases, it's still uh, some, some are applicable, some are not. So uh, uh, one of the, let's say, the challenging personally for me task is uh, anything that comes is kind of a, a new uh, and the first time that I'm doing. And uh, the typical day, actually, it's, it's like really for my perspective is more uh, about uh, the external, let's say, phase to investors or so investor relations in management, as well as uh, getting contact with uh, customers, uh, customers relation. Mm -hmm. So uh, mainly getting their feedback, trying to improve our uh, platform, trying to uh, understand, of course, value proposition of our platform. Are we solving uh, the, the problem that they have? What should we improve? And all these things, uh, yeah, is composed of my day. Yeah, my typical day as, as a CTO of the company is really on the technical side. On the, so typically um, I come to the office, I, I look at the uh, email or GitHub issues that uh, people uh, submit. I manage a team of uh, four or five remote developers. So I, I will ask them how things go, um, uh, if, it's, if their tasks are um, clear. Um, then, yeah, I'm, I'm doing the bug fixes myself then uh, on the programming and thinking of new issues, how to yeah, improve our program, our platform. That does sound like, like really nice and diverse also. <laughs> um, so what do you think is the best part and the worst part of your career now? Interesting question. <laughs> well, I, I would say the best part is this is something really flexible and the, the stuff that you do is what you like, you believe, and you want to implement on your own. So complete, uh, almost complete flexibility in terms of your 
uh, ideation and execution. Uh, but then on the other hand, of course, it's really challenging. Uh, there are a lot of unknowns uh, and stability issues. But uh, as a, as a co-founder, I'm really happy and lucky to have this opportunity. Yeah, for me, I think it's uh, very much the same what Moritz says, right? I mean, you, you the best thing is that you, you work on your passion or on, on your uh, things that you really strongly believe in. Uh, and then you, you will see that yeah, customers, clients, they're really happy to use it. Um, yeah, the, the worst part is also, uh, I agree with, um, with Murad, is the instability. Uh, you you're definitely don't know what happens after one or two years. Uh, you, uh, you encounter always uh, problems, but um, yeah, that's a startup life, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but we're really enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. So you would recommend that to a future? future? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I don't know. Again, it's it's so satisfying, but it's really hard sometimes. So I don't know if I can recommend that part. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. So what did you guys think was the most important career choice that led to where you are right now? Ivo, you want to take it? Smart, actually. Yeah, for me, it, um, I always liked science, I think. Um, so I, I was at um, long happy in academia, but then, uh, as I told before, it's uh, gradually you see it's a more rat race for publishing rather than uh, really solving problems. And, and again, um, so really problems shouldn't end up just in a paper. It should be applied and end up in the product or something that gets used. Um, so whether it's a choice or not, it was a kind of, um, yeah, um, um, yeah, grow into that, right? If you are too long in academia, you see this kind of uh, problems. And I wanted to change that, change myself. In the, Yeah, yeah for, for me, it was, uh, uh, I would say, definitely visiting MIT for about a year where I had a chance to really feel this atmosphere. Again, the, the entrepreneurship atmosphere and it, it really motivated me. Uh, it opened me uh, almost a new, uh, let's say, window to a new world that these career possibilities is possible yeah, out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, well, one one mm, thing like uh, I, even like before doing PhD, I was always having a mindset of finding a a job uh, because in our country usually uh, advice from parents to kids is, hey, son or daughter, just go study and find a great job. And I think now the mindset should shift to go study and build a nice company to change. <laughs> That's really important. And um, what is next for you guys and for Paycomics? Yeah, every, every year or every period is a different challenge. But I think this year is really finding the right people, growing the team. We are hiring, by the way. Ah, very <laughs> <Yeah>. important. <laughs> uh, I think that is, uh, yeah, for us this year, um, one of the big um, challenges uh, to build. And it's like building a family, so it's not easy, right? You have to really find good people you can work with uh, every day. And uh, yeah. Yeah, having a right culture for your company, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's the thing. Uh, if somebody is really good, but it doesn't fit in your culture, then yeah. It, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, additionally to that, of course, then 
working on product market fit. Of course, now we have a minimum viable product. Now we have to uh, find a product market fit uh, and then uh, increase our traction, of course. Uh, and uh, yeah, from both technological and uh, as well as commercial side, improve further. So I was actually wondering, because I came across this on your website, how does one level up to the level of guru on the team? <laughs> well, in the team, uh, one principle we have is actually hiring people that are better than you. So mm. we, we require people, and that's why it's also a bit hard, uh, that are almost like twice better than you, than us in their field. Mm. So um, yeah, that means for me also, I get to learn, right, also. Um, so leveling myself up against these people is, is uh, for me also a challenge. Um, but um, yeah, I think attracting the best people, um, attracting talent, um, uh, for them is also a learning period, but for the next people that will come, they can learn from these guys, yeah. Uh, we think like, uh, of course, the first challenge is uh, finding a minimum viable product. And then the, the next real challenge becomes like convincing investors. And after that, uh, the next challenge is actually convincing people because investors are putting their money, but then people will be putting their almost lives in, in, uh, in your idea. Yeah, the, the building up a team is, is really challenging. And that's what you're working on now the most, I guess. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, is there anything you would have done differently looking back on it or anything you regret in your journey towards starting Big Comic? Yeah, for me, it's, uh, I'm, I wish I, I had the, the, well, not the, yeah, I had the passion. I, I wish I had the passion and the decision maybe to make a startup earlier, but it's not just a decision, right? It's uh, the multitude of opportunities. So yeah, sometimes you have to wait, but I, I wish I was a little bit younger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, for, for me, uh, no specific regret, but I just uh, wish I had also more experience uh, uh, from yeah startup world. Mm. Uh, I wish I had, uh, uh, during for instance, even bachelor and master times, uh, doing an internship at a startup, for instance, or learning more about startups and entrepreneurship mm. mindset. Uh, that, that would really be helpful uh, to solve or to cope with some problems later on or challenges that uh, at the moment uh, I'm facing. Yeah, fair. But I, I get at the same time, uh, you still have your entire lives ahead of you and working on this startup. And yeah, that's, that's, it sounds great. You guys sound like you're really enjoying it though. We do. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but then, then yeah, uh, just a side note. I mean, um, uh, yeah, there are some people that can manage to, to make five startups or 10 startups, but uh, uh, each startup, I think, it will take too long for us, right? Yeah. A second startup. <laughs> I don't know if I, I would ever do that, but... Uh, so, going through the whole thing again <laughs> yeah uh, and, but then better right with experience mm. so the second startup will not be that's the hope <laughs> yeah yeah because uh, 
while doing it, the, the first one, uh, you, you learn a lot of stuff uh, in terms of building the company, your network, for instance, even the customer base, and all of these things will eventually uh, help, I mean, for the, the, the next startup mm -hmm. or the next one. Uh, especially the network is, is uh, very important. But then would your next startup also have to be uh, more bioinformatics based as well? Because I guess maybe now you've developed a lot of expertise and contacts in that space. <laughs> well, I think it, at the moment it's early for me personally to start. It's already my dream at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, it, it was really a dream for us to have a, uh, convincing investors, mm -hmm. having their full support. And then at the moment, like uh, uh, building a team, uh, solving a real problem out there. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, not only uh, that is also important, like mm -hmm. for startup, it should be not a small problem. Uh, it's the, the problem that the, the startup is solving should be a big, uh, otherwise it, it's hard to uh, survive and convince, first of all, convince investors afterwards survive. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine it also, it's sort of inspirational to work on a big problem that other people aren't really tackling, maybe instead of something that maybe has, uh, is not as inspirational, but maybe more easy. It's a sort of easy problem to solve that other people can also get in and you have maybe more competition as well, I guess, in that sense. Yeah, yeah. So it shouldn't be really like general problem, I would say. Mm -hmm. It should be a niche but big enough yep. so that for startup it provides an environment where a timeline or, or time advantage also right mm. so we have the mvp and then this market uh, big enough but then there should be a potential of course to uh, go in a neighboring uh, markets mm. so that we uh, the, a startup can create uh, additional markets uh, in the meantime so uh, i guess you officially started in 2018 right how do you feel about all the progress you've made so far? Yeah, 2018, we, we were incorporated, but uh, we, we actually started really full-time last year. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, yeah, I would say in 2018, I wouldn't have, let's say, expect, I would have hoped, I hoped that we went this far, right? In 2018, we, we won, like, say, uh, our uh, startup competition, and we won, like, 20,000. Swiss francs, and we thought, "Wow, that's great!" And we, <laughs> now we are at a several million valuation, and now it's a different game, right? With mm. a lot of different, yeah, a lot of responsibilities, and uh, yeah, going this far is, uh, I would say. Uh, and at the very beginning, you were also working still uh, at a normal job, academia, I guess. <laughs> yes. Yes. At the same so time, right? We. Um, we until last year, we bootstrapped. Um, that means uh, we worked half time. Um, and that was uh, for us really necessary because uh, without salary in Switzerland, it's really hard, for example. But also the, to build up the product, the minimum viable product took a long time. To, uh, we, we pivoted from one platform to the other. Then we had to test it internally. So that went very nice because uh, while developing the problem, we could test it on, on the client, uh, on the users in the uh, institute. Um, so, I mean, bootstrapping is uh, is just one of the strategies um, that you can survive and, and go get into the, um, the first investment, for, for example. Yes. Okay. 
Yeah. Well, in general, actually, side note, actually, in life science or in, in uh, let's say, digital health, uh, the, the startup needs a little bit more time than compared to other markets, like to be really taking off. I can imagine, yeah. But it's uh, interesting to see how much uh, you guys have really grown, indeed, from what Evo was saying of uh, 20,000 first with your first prize and, you know, several million now. It's just, whoa. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But then we realized that, yeah, the, the point that we are uh, was a dream at some point mm. uh, earlier. But now we realize that it's only the beginning mm. and the, the, there are a lot uh, to do. Uh, the, the next milestones, next uh, uh, the challenges, yep. and it's all really interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, we of course uh, are making this also for people who are more at the beginning of their career. Um, do you have any tips for people who might want to start a biomedical sciences company one day? Yeah, for me, uh, I, I would say yeah. Um, um, Familiarize yourself in the startup world, um, get the energy of other people, why they do it, um, how they come, how they find the, the right problems and got to their solution. Yeah, um, maybe that. And the other thing, I get a good co-founder. <laughs> it's really hard to do it alone, right? So uh, that also, uh, I would definitely suggest uh, think of already of little team yeah definitely definitely and then also uh, i think another point is like uh, of course passion and the braveness is, is also another thing like just don't wait uh try to start try to uh take the chance take the opportunity uh and uh, maybe another advice would be like, if you are interested and would like to know more about startup one way could be just join startup uh, on, on a startup or scale up level and that uh, we see like as, as a team now we're really learning uh, and that also gives a nice let's say startup uh, experience where for their own startup they can uh, transfer this not uh, some of the knowledge and that just will help them to move faster yeah that's really nice well, um, that brings us to the end of this episode. It uh, was really nice to talk to you guys and we learned a lot. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> uh, I hope you also enjoyed it. Yes. Yeah. Well, I hope our listeners also enjoyed it. And um, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, tips, tricks, uh, you want to let us know, please uh, reach out to us via either our website, thestrugglingscientist.com or via our email, thestrugglingscientist.hotmail.com. You can also find us on social media. Jerome, which ones are those? Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And Pinterest also. Pinterest, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, wow. and um, if, you wanna, if you're more interested in uh, Big Omics, then definitely check out their website also, bigomics.com? Dot th. 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 Yes. Ah, well, <laughs> Jerome knows. <laughs> um, well, and uh, thank you all for listener, listening, and we hope to see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.